This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Dr. Amy Lehman speaks about medical outreach in Africa. Now, let's join Moses as he introduces Amy to the stage. We're now going to build a floating hospital. Amy Lehman. It's good to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. I, I didn't set out to become sort of the bad girl of the aid and development space, but indeed, I have become that. So what do I do in a nutshell? I do health systems building in the Lake Tanganyika Basin, and I do some policy and advocacy around the Lake Tanganyika Basin, and I, in the course of doing both of those things, I do a tremendous amount of data collection. Um, what's really happening? What's happening across disease? What's happening in the environmental sphere? What's happening in the fisheries, et cetera, because I think these things are all related. I always start by talking about Lake Tanganyika saying it's the most significant place on earth that nobody knows anything about. Lake Tanganyika is the longest lake in the world. It's surrounded by four countries, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Tanzania, Burundi, and Zambia. Um, DRC and Burundi are on the Fragile States Index and have been since uh, foreign policy has been publishing that list. Uh, Currently, DRC is five, Burundi is 18. Um, It's a place where there's been, you know, 20 plus years of war and unrest. Currently, there are 100 new, 100,000 new Burundian refugees who have fled because of Um, political unrest. Um, Lake Tanganyika contains almost as much water as all of the North American Great Lakes combined. So when I start hearing people talk about like Lake Superior and stuff, I'm like, nope. Lake Superior is a puddle compared to Lake Tanganyika. Lake Tanganyika has almost one-fifth of the world's available fresh water in it. Um, It's it's a biodiversity hotspot. It has oil and gas underneath it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about energy. (laughs) I have some things to say about energy. Um, (laughs) 
Um, and the whole western border of Lake Tanganyika is mineral-rich eastern and southeastern Congo, so full of all those industrial minerals that go into your telephones and your computers and into your golf clubs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Lake Tanganyika is also home to some of the world's most vulnerable people. And in the Lake Tanganyika Basin, we have um, about a 25% under five mortality rate. So one of the things I want to say is the reason why a baby dies in the Gambia is for a multiplicity of reasons. It's not because there isn't power for... Um, because there's not power for an incubator, that's a very, very tiny piece of the puzzle. What causes a 25% under five death rate and sky high maternal mortality, which we have by the way, um, is this complex intermixing of all kinds of issues um, that occur in the Lake Tanganyika Basin. And so we're talking about a place that has in, in environmental issues, energy issues, humanitarian issues, issues of biodiversity and environmental conservation. And how do all of these things actually intertwine with each other to help create these incredibly complex circumstances for which there are no magic bullets. That's very important to understand. It's not one thing alone. So this complex interconnected web and talking about it is actually what got me in trouble in the aid and development space in general because everyone kept saying, you're a doctor. Why are you talking about water? <laughs> um, <laughs> or you're a, you're a doctor, why are you talking about the fisheries? Uh, maybe because 50% of all protein consumed by people in the Lake Tanganyika Basin, um, you know, come from lake fish, right? And that malnutrition is a main driver of, of morbidity and mortality in the basin. Like, aren't these things actually all connected and don't we all need to be talking to each other about all of these different problems? So, but this, this pissed people off, to be totally honest with you, because um, the aid and development space is constructed around vertical funding and scale. So when I mean vertical funding, I mean I take an issue and we just like ply loads of money into that one issue, but we do so in a way that we fail to see connections of that issue to lots of other issues. Um, and the idea of scale is a very interesting one um, to me, especially because there is a huge difference between how we look at how we should address problems using technology and science for the rich white world and how we use technology and science to address problems for the rest of the world's poor and brown. Coming up after the break. What we are told by donors in general is that we have to find the cheapest possible solution for millions of people that can be deployed in this scalable way. This episode of Idea City on the Air is brought to you by Zoomer Magazine. We'll be back in a moment with more from Dr. Amy Lehman. For more information about Idea City or to watch hundreds of talks online, go to ideacity.ca. 
Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Dr. Amy Lehman speak about medical outreach in Africa. Here we think it's okay and fantastic and wonderful. And by the way, I think it's fantastic and wonderful. I'm not an anti-technologist in any way. But genetic medicine and biologics and all of this very, very like individualized medicine and treatment, um, it's very expensive. Maybe over time it will become much cheaper. But uh, it's very, very, very expensive. Um, but that's okay. Um, however, what we are told by donors, by the multilateral space, by large foundations, etc., in general, is that we have to find the cheapest possible solution for millions of people that can be deployed in this scalable way, like you know, pennies um, for interventions, you know, pills that cost fraction of pennies, things like that. Um, and there is a kind of a cognitive dissonance for me when people say things like that, because when I talk to them about what it costs to build a regional hospital ship on Lake Tanganyika, for example, I actually had a guy at a conference. I won't call out the company, and I won't call out the conference, but let's just say it's a place where the global elite get together and pat each other on the back for solving the world's problems, and in the meantime, like eating a lot of fancy food and wearing their conflict diamonds and all that jazz, okay? So, so the guy says to me, um, oh, so how much does your boat cost? And I said, oh, it costs this. And he said, he said, oh, no, 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 no. That's way too much money. I mean, if I see a poor person on the street who is starving and needs food, I will give that person food, but I am not going to give that person steak. He said that. Yeah, whoa is right. And I was like, whoa, you just said that out loud. <laughs> awesome, because I'm going to take you down right now. You know, one, you know, in, in my native city in Chicago, you know, there are, you know, p uh, two gigantic hundreds of millions of dollars of pediatric specialty hospitals that are a mile and a half away from each other. Okay, no one says, oh, is that wasteful? You know, oh, we shouldn't deploy money in that way. Everyone's like, that's awesome. That's so great. You know, the hospital ship, you know, costs a fraction of that, and it could potentially serve millions of people and help keep uh, a health system intact. You know, but that idea, right, somehow that you would deploy large amounts of money in this way for populations that aren't our population, you know, seems really shocking and wrong to people. But I think it's shocking and wrong that people have that reaction. And so this idea of scalability in general is if all poor people all over the world are exactly alike and that they need all the same interventions and that one intervention that works in one place is going to work in another. Um, and so this kind of siloed mentality of choosing issues and, and almost being in like intense competition with each other for funding and things like that, it, it actually creates a very... Um, uh, let's see, infelicitous working environment. Um, and 
you know, do-gooders can be nasty, just like nasty mean people can be nasty. Like, everyone can be nasty if you set up a set of incentives, right, that draw out certain kinds of behaviors. Coming up after the break. We did a study that showed that 86% of households on the Tanzanian side of Lake Tanganyika reported using their bed net to fish at least once per day. This episode of Idea City on the Air is brought to you by Zoomer Magazine. We'll be back in a moment with more from Dr. Amy Lehman. Idea City is a program of talks about the world's biggest ideas, featuring the world's smartest people. For more information about the three-day Idea City live conference or to watch hundreds of talks online, go to ideacity.ca. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Dr. Amy Lehman speak about medical outreach in Africa. Do you want to talk about choice number one? Why should we build a hospital ship on Lake Tanganyika? That's choice number one. Choice number two, this is a good one. I might want to push you towards this one. Um, Choice number two, why is the misuse of mosquito bed nets a parable for how hard it is to do aid and development. It's a very interesting story, okay? Um, Choice number three, um, why do we set polar opposite standards and expectation in health for us in the West versus the poor black and brown everywhere else in the world? Okay, one, who wants one? Okay, just one. Okay, well, you can read, you can read about that, why we should build the hospital ship on our website. There's a lot of information about that. I talk about that all the time. Okay, number two, bed net misuse. Okay, I think we, bed net misuse, but I'll be for completeness. Number three? Two or three? two because I can talk about three embedded in two, okay, because it's about the same thing in a way. Okay, so bed nets are are a panacea against malaria, right? Yes. Well, turns out in water-based communities that might not be true. We did a study that showed that 86% of households on the Tanzanian side of Lake Tanganyika reported using their bed net to fish at least once per day, at least once per day. 86% of them. And this is in the face of the malaria community saying, There is no evidence that bed net misuse is taking place. And I was like, oh. Okay, so we, we, we presented this evidence at the large malaria um, partners meeting in, in Geneva, Switzerland. And everyone was like, oh my God, you know? And, and everyone was like kind of upset and stressed out about that. And we weren't saying, we weren't saying Bed nets are bad. We were saying maybe the story here in this giant lake where there are a bunch of competing problems, maybe the story is more nuanced than that and we need to get more data and more information. Um, So everyone was like, and then crickets. Nobody wanted to find out more about this problem. And 
that was stunning to me because I'm a doctor, okay? Malaria is the number one cause of death in the Lake Tanganyika Basin. And I really am invested in figuring out ways to prevent malaria as well as treat malaria. Um, so then what happened is that the New York Times picked up this piece. And the editor for the the Times, who does the, all the East Africa coverage, was so taken with this story that they, they, that, that person sent the journalist around, Oliver, to Madagascar, to Zambia, to Lake Victoria, and found out that bed net misuse is actually a very common problem in water-based communities. And so what happens when people fish their bed net? Well, a couple of things. One is that the bed net is impregnated with permethrin, which is actually a water-soluble and carcinogenic substance. So you dip it in the water, okay, and the, and the, and the, and the permethrin comes out. The other thing is, is that fisheries have very profound rules that are based on science. Um, about where you can fish and about how large a gauge a bed net, you know, or, or fishing net you can use. So bed nets, right, have a tiny gauge because they're intended to keep out mosquitoes. So if you can imagine, that's a very, that, that's a net that's catching everything, right? So it also turns out that in Lake Tanganyika, in the hundreds of species of fish in Lake Tanganyika, all but five of them spawn by the edge of the water. All of them but five spawn by the edge of the water. So we take this very tiny gauge net that also happens to leach out poison, and we, and we you know, use it along the edge of the water, and we, and we fish out tubs and tubs and tubs of baby fish, fish fry. What happens to the fishery when that happens? Coming up after the break. What is health justice? What is environmental justice? Who gets a voice? Who says what's going on in their own lives? And are we prepared to listen? You're listening to Idea City on the Air, brought to you by Zoomer Magazine. We'll be back in a moment with more from Dr. Amy Lehman. Get the latest idealist news, presenter information, and watch hundreds of talks at ideacity.ca. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. We now conclude Dr. Amy Lehman's talk on medical outreach in Africa. For me, we were looking at a number of things. We were looking at, hey, the malaria rate hasn't dropped after these bed net distributions happened. You know, people are dropping dead like flies. It's a, it's a, it's a humanitarian disaster, malaria is. Um, so it's not working, right, in its primary objective. Um, and we're creating these unintended consequences in fisheries and in people's livelihoods. So what does that say about this particular intervention in this part of the world. So for me, this is a parable, actually, about how hard it is to do aid and development, how hard it is to do systems design, which is why it's not the 
you know, electricity and the incubator for the baby, right, in sub-Saharan Africa. It's this whole range of things that are happening, as well as asking ourselves the, the, the question, you know, is it inappropriate, this is super controversial by the way, and I'm, I'm not like a death panelist or anything like that, but I want, to, I want to actually pose the question, should we automatically say, it's great that we spent maybe $3 million, between two and $3 million on the life of one white ultra preemie baby, right? and we don't want to spend money to build the appropriate infrastructure for millions of people. I think we need to ask ourselves that question. What is health justice? What is environmental justice? Who gets a voice? Who says what's going on in their own lives? And are we prepared to listen? Because those things to me are non-obvious and I think that this complex world that we live in couldn't be better illustrated than in the Lake Tanganyika Basin where all of these ties are made explicitly clear, I think. So I'm out of time and I won't say anything more controversial. Hang on a second. I, I have a confession to make. I, I slipped Amy a couple of extra minutes on the computer. Because, because in particular, I share with her her opinion about that self-congratulatory smug elite out there who are busy saving us whether we need it or not. Thank you very much, Amy. Thank you, yeah. thanks for the extra time. Also, tip, oh. Google Amy Lehman tattoo, it's a Google search term, and you will see the entire map of Lake Whoa. Tanganyika tattoo. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.